the leather jacket. Money was flowing. Kilocopy was going great guns. Even though most of the global economy was turning to shit, business for me was booming. I was making more money than I ever had before, had little overheads and terrible skills at managing my finances. The business bank account was my bank account. There was no separation. My groceries were mixed in with business expenses. No tax offset account, no separate savings, just money. My money. I had never been good with money. When I got my first tax return, I spent every last cent on a CD disc changer stereo, which was the latest tech gear in 1992. When I moved out of home at 18, I needed a bed, didn't have the cash, so I went and put one on 12 months interest free. 13 months later, I'd never made a payment and ended up paying 20-something percent interest on that $500 bed. What the fuck? These two events really highlight my two money operating modes. If I had cash, I'd spend it as fast as it came in. And when it came to my financial obligations, avoidance was really my M.O. One day, in the thick of my online shopping addiction, the parcel postie, who I was on a first-name basis with, knocked on my door with yet another parcel. This time, it wasn't a stack of macrame books from the 1970s, or a random mid-century statue or some Mexican silver art deco jewellery. This time, it was my most extravagant purchase to date, a tan-coloured $1,500 Dolce & Gabbana leather jacket that was on special. That was my justification, and it was a bargain at just $800. I'm not sure what I was even thinking when I bought it. Actually, I do know what I was thinking when I bought it. I was depressed, anxious, and very lonely. I wanted to be ready to impress people with my designer label clothes, watch, sunglasses, makeup, and so on. It felt like all this stuff legitimized my success and made me more interesting or something. People would look up to me, want to be my friend. People would think I was cooler than I felt, that I had my shit together. I'd be more legitimate as a human being. On that day, I stood in front of the mirror with my expensive designer leather jacket on. I wasn't that impressed. But I couldn't admit that to myself. I'd bought it. I was committed. Returning something for a refund felt like it carried some kind of shame. So unless there was a real reason for returning the jacket, like it didn't fit or it was faulty in some way, I'd have to keep it. I tried to imagine how others might see me in this jacket. Would I look cool, like a success? Part of me was let down that the jacket didn't do something really remarkable to me. I guess I was expecting to like myself, but there I was, same old me, just wrapped in a tan-coloured expensive leather jacket. I took the jacket off and laid it neatly on the bed. Then I heard the familiar sound of the regular postie's motorbike. The sound of his bike idling, the squeak of the letterbox being opened and closed, and the putting as the bike moved on down the neighbourhood. Rev, screech, idle, putt, rev, screech, idle, putt, rev, screech, idle, putt, off into the distance. As I pulled out the mail, my mind was preoccupied with the jacket. I felt like a bit of an idiot. Angry at myself, angry at the jacket. I mindlessly tore open the letters one by one. Political marketing, something from Boys Town, a phone bill, just the usual shit. My stomach dropped as I opened the last letter. A tax bill from the Australian tax office. I was usually pretty adept at avoiding opening letters from the ATO. The jacket's arrival had thrown me completely off my avoidance game. There was no hiding the news this letter contained by hiding it underneath a pile of unopened, unimportant mail. From my experience, letters from the ATO never contained good news. 
just represented how shit I was with money. This time was no different. I owed the ATO $14,000 that I certainly did not have. I felt sick to my stomach. This wasn't the first time I'd found myself owing the tax office way more money than I had, and it wouldn't be the last time. Secretly, I knew this was coming. I'd been pulling the ostrich move, burying my head in the sand and waiting for it to go away. I'd spent sleepless nights in the lead-up thinking about how and when this day would arrive, and now that it was here, my body had a visceral reaction to the news. Panic and dread and guilt and shame, all very familiar feelings. There was no way in hell I could keep this stupid jacket. No way. With a sense of shame, I carefully wrapped the jacket back in its fancy tissue paper wrapping and took it to the post office to send back for a refund. Part of me was relieved it was gone. I knew a leather jacket was kind of ridiculous in the warm climate of the mid-north coast of New South Wales. To be honest, that was part of the attraction. To have something expensive that rarely saw the light of day seemed to make it even more extravagant. Often we are told to stretch ourselves and go splurge, especially by those in the female entrepreneur world. We're told that the universe backs us when we put our money where our mouth is and invest in things that we generally consider outside of our reach. That the universe delivers more to us when we act as if. Well, I certainly acted as if that day and it totally backfired in my face. In fact, most of the time when I've invested in something that feels like a huge stretch, it's not worked out to plan. You may be thinking, oh, Carly, that's just a limiting belief showing up. And maybe it is, yet I guess I see things differently. Every time I've invested in something where the foundation has been based in fear, mostly of not being enough as I am, it's backfired. I've been left to clean up a financial or emotional mess, mostly feeling shit about myself, reinforcing that story that I'm not enough, a fuck up, a failure, someone who doesn't finish anything she starts which is bullshit. This is something no one really talks about, right? They're all too busy selling you their program or service or thing that will be the one thing to fix your shit. Promising you what looks like a magic bullet to your ideal life, body, business, relationship, wealth, success, etc., etc., etc. Only from my experience, it doesn't work that way. When you buy stuff from that FOMO place, you'll rarely move forward from where you are. You'll not use the thing or get the most out of it because it's somehow energetically attached to that feeling of not being enough. Therefore, your behavior will reinforce those negative feelings, primarily aimed squarely at yourself and your apparent not-enoughness. Fear of missing out isn't just about missing out on an event. It's not just about missing out on that deadline or opportunity or that thing. It's also about missing out on what you perceive you need to be, have, or do in order to have, do, or be, insert the thing you want here. I've seen firsthand from experience that when you buy from that place, you'll rarely move forward. But when you buy from a place where you feel empowered and ready, change is pretty much guaranteed with or without the thing you think you need, purely because you're energetically primed and ready for it. I'm constantly reminding myself, what is for you won't go by you. You can't miss something that is destined for you. You just can't. The leather jacket was never going to be the thing that made people see me in the light I wanted them to, successful. The leather jacket was just a tan-coloured, nicely tailored band-aid to a much bigger issue quietly lurking underneath my perfectly manicured hair and face. 
My shopping addiction was just a symptom of a much deeper issue, my distinct lack of love and respect for myself. It's not about the leather jacket being the thing. I am the thing. You are the thing. Remember that next time you find yourself on yet another sales page for something you wouldn't need if you felt like you were enough. <laughs> 